You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton and Alex Barallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. It's going to be a real short one tonight because with the breaking news, there's really nothing solid or concrete to discuss. Dylan and Alex are a little bit busy. Um, so it'll just be me talking about the, uh, what has transpired here in the last 24 to 36 hours. So as we know, the New York Jets, in search of a, a new head coach, um, were apparently hot on hot on the trail of uh, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Hot candidate, six teams interested, which is really weird because when it was announced that Sala had gone through the first round of interviews, he was the first guy he was going to be coming out for a second interview. Uh, Mike Garofalo, who's usually pretty well plugged in, uh, tweeted out that it was going to be Jets or bust for Sala because there was not really a lot of interest. Uh, now, now all of a sudden, it's back to six teams are interested. Philadelphia Eagles fired Doug Peterson. They are uh, they are now in in the hunt for a head coach as well, and they have asked Robert Sala to come interview with them, which he has agreed to do after Sala met with the Jets in Jersey at One Jets Drive. Apparently, flew in, spent some time with Joe Douglas, and then reportedly was going to meet with Christopher Johnson acting owner this morning and then sort of a couple hours ago we get word that Salah has left town and this is with the the belief if you believe the the Rich Saminis and the Peter Scraggs and Good Morning Football uh, a couple other names out there I believe uh, Connor Rogers all saying he was the top choice Jets want to get this done quickly they want to get it wrapped up they know he's a hot candidate they know there are other teams interested, and um, they didn't get it done. They didn't get it done. Robert Sala leaves the building without a deal. And as I said, Rich Samini said that Sala was the top choice. Samini also reported that Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, was the number two choice. And guess who's flying to New York tonight to meet with the Jets? Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. Now, listen, maybe they signed Sal. Maybe he really legitimately does want to go and, and talk to the four, five, six teams that are interested, and maybe he just wants to get the best deal he can for him and his family. Maybe he feels like, you know what, if I play three or four teams off of each other, I might get myself an extra two or three million a year. Who can blame the guy if that's what he's doing? However given the fact that NFL teams have a bottomless pit of money. I think sometimes the problem is we talk about coaches' salaries and players' salaries and compare them to our own salaries and be like, oh, my God, they're not going to pay that guy $9 million a year. When you are worth billions, if you have a guy in your building who you believe is the guy, you don't let him walk out over a couple million dollars. I mean, you have to assume Let's give the Jets some credit here and assume that if they like Salah, 
if they're making an offer, it's in the ballpark of market value. You know, you don't bring in a Robert Sala and say, we think you're our guy. We think you're the best. We think you can get a Super Bowl. We know a bunch of other teams want you, and we're prepared to make you the 28th highest paid coach in the NFL. That's not going to get it done. So let's assume the Jets made a fair offer. Sala wanted a little bit more, and the Jets go, nope. You can go go interview with some other teams, see what they'll give you. So maybe the guy comes back. I don't think he will. I think when when a hot candidate comes through the door like that uh, and you let him leave, then he's gone. And the Jets, listen, the Jets knew this. Now, listen, Adam Gase, they could have waited seven months. Nobody else wanted him. Nobody. Todd Bowles, however, if you recall, Todd Bowles was a hot candidate. Dan Quinn was a hot candidate. The Jets' top choice at that time was Dan Quinn. However, Dan Quinn's Seahawks were still in the playoffs, so they couldn't interview him. They had Bowles in, and they liked him a lot, too. They liked him enough that when the Atlanta Falcons said they would send the plane to pick Todd Bowles up to come in for an interview, the Jets made him an offer and wouldn't let him get on the plane. Because even though he was the second choice behind Dan Quinn, they were thinking, what if Bowles goes to Atlanta and Quinn signs with another team when he can start interviewing? Because there were still other openings and they were still interested in Quinn from other teams. So the Jets thought, let's get one of these guys locked up now. So they were aggressive and they did what it took to get him. Now you have Salah, who's the first guy they bring back. Reportedly, Peter Scraggs on uh, NFL NFL Network was on this morning, and he was talking about he had moved on to the point he's talking about the offensive assistance he's going to bring with him. And he, if I'm not mistaken, or he is, he's a close personal friend of Christopher Johnson. So he did kind of leave it like, oh, if the Jets want Salah, but that was sort of like a tag on at the end. He spent the first minute of his of his little uh, uh, his little speech talking about this is the staff Salah's going to bring with him. So between Samini saying he's the top choice, Connor Rogers, and there were a couple others, the names off the top of my head, I forget. Connor Rogers was saying the Jets want to get this wrapped up today. They were, they were, had every reason in the world to believe he was their guy. People are saying to me on Twitter, how do you know he's their top choice? Listen, first of all, he's a hot candidate flat out. Bunch of teams are interested. Second of all, he's the first guy they brought back for a second interview. And he, stayed, he spent the day with Joe Douglas. And what, and what did we hear? They spelled this out for us. Joe Douglas, his voice is going to carry the most weight. He's going to do the interviews and then recommend whether or not the guy should be hired. And then that candidate will sit down with Chris Johnson. If Joe Douglas didn't want the guy, there would be no need for the sit-down with Chris Johnson today, which is what happened. So, Salah meets with Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas sends him on to Chris Johnson, and then he leaves. So, they lose out on Salah. And listen, I'm not even I'm not upset because I don't I don't know what to think of Salah. 
This team just loves hiring guys who have never done the job before. Unless, of course, it's Adam friggin' Gase. They don't pass up an opportunity to get the worst coach in team history. But they're not pursuing, you know, we're not hearing anything on the Fitzgerald front who turned around a program in Northwestern. I'm not even going to mention, well, I'll mention in saying I'm not going to mention, uh, Todd Monken. You know, there are college coaches out there, innovative coaches who have led big programs to, to, you know, significant turnarounds. And then you have Robert Sala, who's been a DC for four years, two years in the bottom 10, one year in the top 10, once the gate, once, you know, Bosa was healthy and on board. And then this year, kind of middle of the pack on defense, Arthur Smith, two years as an offensive coordinator, both years in the top 10. Very nice. Uh, but do you have to be a great offensive innovator to say, let's give the ball to Derrick Henry over and over again and let him beat the crap out of the guys trying to tackle him. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I think, uh, but to give credit where it's due, um, he did have a hand in, in, you know, fixing Ryan Tannehill, or at least I would say getting Ryan Tannehill to play to his potential, which didn't happen under his previous coach. So we don't know where the, where this is going to go. I don't know where it's going to go. And listen, even when they make the damn hire, you can love any candidate you want. Um, and again, especially the route the Jets go, because they always go after the guys who have never done it. We have no idea what their philosophy will be. Everything they've done up to this point has been under the supervision of a, a different person who may have influenced whatever decisions they made. Uh, but Arthur Smith is the guy coming in. He is, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, he is coming in tonight. And basically, you know, you don't expect to hire this evening. He's just flying in tonight. So next 48 hours, maybe keep an eye on that. And maybe they let him walk. Look, maybe they really do want to interview once you got. It seems weird. I mean, you kind of you're in a position where you got to get this hire right. You can't afford to screw it up. And you're bringing guys in at hot candidates and then letting them walk out the door to, to do what exactly? So let's say you bring in your favorite two or three guys, then you let them walk, then they sign elsewhere, and now you're on to your fourth, fifth, sixth option. But listen, there are guys who are still in the playoffs. We've talked about Dan Ball and Buffalo. That's, he's probably my top choice of the remaining guys because we know he has been a play caller. There's a difference between, oh, what about Biennemi? You don't want Biennemi. He's a play caller. Right. Biennemi is calling, we don't know how many plays, but Biennemi is working under one of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the NFL and might be calling plays or is calling plays sometimes. We don't know when. Situation in Buffalo, you have an offensive coordinator working under a defensive guy, so you know the offensive guy is the offensive guy. That's the difference. And, of course, uh, you know, getting <coughs> excuse me, getting Pat Mahomes to play at a high level is a whole lot different than getting Josh Allen to play at a high level. Uh, Josh Allen was a 52% completion guy his rookie year. And really, I mean, let's say he couldn't hit the side of a barn, otherwise he would have been a top three, top four pick. So, like I said, short one tonight, really not a lot more to go into. I'm going to cut it here because we're going to do a full show tomorrow when hopefully there's some more news. And listen, uh, Arthur Smith, I, I honestly don't know how to feel. As I've said before, I worry also with these coordinators who excel with great talent. And I don't know that the Titans talent is great all around, but I know that they have leaned very heavily on their running game. Um, 
So does this mean you sign this guy? Does this mean you're definitely taking Najee Harris in the second or third round? Well, he won't be there in the third round. Second round, maybe back around one. He wants to recreate the, uh, the dynamic he has now. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. What I do know is we'll be back here tomorrow night, hopefully with some more information, with myself and Alex Dillon hopefully joining us as well. Really enjoy the dynamic when it's the three of us. So hopefully it's the three of us tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in for this short shot tonight, Jets fans, and we will catch you again tomorrow night. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets.